All right. Hey, everybody, you're listening to What's Your Number? The Chronicles of Two Well-Traveled Women as Told Through Sexual Experiences. I'm Olivia, and I'm in Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from Boston. And this is the podcast (laughs) from Boston. (laughs) This is the podcast where we tell each other the story of every person we've ever slept with one by one. All right. Well, today we'll be talking about um, my number 15 story, um, which is the story of how seductive a camera can be. The story of me realizing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Okay, I'm excited. This is a this is a great one. Um, Last time we heard from you, you were in the midst of a fling with a traveling musician, a.k.a. The rock star. <laughs> and I believe you had just moved to Portland. Indeed, indeed. Um, so last you heard from me, I had just left Missoula and moved to Portland. But I hadn't really explained to you guys much about kind of that whole epic move and how all that went. So um, Morgan, who we interviewed a few episodes back, um, Dr. Morgan Anderson now. Um, That's right. At the time was, you know, like a 24-year-old graduate student. Yeah, <laughs> she was... <laughs> who was broke as a joke along with me, um, really good friend of mine. And, um, she had already moved to Portland to start her PhD and kind of toward the end of my time in Missoula, I had kind of started to really love it and almost decided to stay there for a while and then maybe move abroad in like a year or so. Um, but Morgan Mm -hmm. was like, no, you need to move to Portland. You can come stay with me in my tiny apartment with my new dog. It's going to be great. <laughs> I remember that dog. <laughs> so I uh, moved out of my apartment in Missoula before Christmas that year, and Morgan comes and picks me up at my parents' house, and I load a bunch of like random shit, like again, like flashbacks to me leaving for college. You know, it's like random <laughs> shit I probably don't need. Although you brought your music box, <laughs> I, I I didn't that time, but like it still felt like there were random things. It's like. I don't know. Do I need to bring it? But then I don't know. As someone who moves around a lot, even just now, it's like you do have to have a certain amount of stuff. So it's just hard to know. But anyway, her car was like crammed <laughs> full. And um, uh, me, her 60 pound golden doodle, um, who was supposed to be like a smaller dog. He ended up being like like when she got him as a puppy, they're like, yeah, he'll stay around 40 pounds. He was huge. Um, and so he, big, so much energy, so much energy. <laughs> and he's six months old at the time. Um, and we all drive the 12 hours together in my car or in her car. And we just talk the entire time. Um, she has this like flavor of gum. I think it's sweet mint gum and she's just like obsessed with it. So we just like, nah, 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 nah. we just like talking <laughs> and chewing gum for like 12 hours. <laughs> Does your jaw hurt? Yeah. It's, I don't know. We're just, we're just like young and like high on life, I guess, you know? Um, and yeah, Morgan definitely is. I mean, of, don't even play. Like if, if you and me and Morgan were in a car yeah. now for 12 hours, we would also just talk. We would do that. I know. I know. She's like, she's one of those people who you just like, you can really get down and hash it out with. Like at this time in our friendship, I would call her like every other day. 
um, just yeah. to talk yeah. and, um, yeah. And, and kind of same with you. So obviously we can talk, <laughs> obviously we can talk about anything. So anyway, we get there and her apartment is tiny. It's, you know, yeah. we're talking like under 350 feet. It's a studio. Morgan has like a twin bed against a wall. And then I sleep on the floor with her dog. And then she doesn't even have like a full size kitchen. It's like a kitchenette. <laughs> I remember this apartment. I was like, damn, cozy. I, yeah, you'll you'll make a surprise appearance here in a few minutes. So um yeah, so we're both extremely broke. Um but we do not care. Um we we coined the phrase <laughs> frugal fun and we spend New Year's together at the bars in downtown Portland um with our credit cards but you know frugal fun frugal fun and you know we we make we make a, a guy friend there um who basically he decides Morgan's shoes are like really uncomfortable so he decides to let Morgan wear his shoes for like the 2 mile walk back up to North Portland and and then we walk all the way there and then as we get closer i just like politely decline like his advances <laughs> like i'm just Wait. like thanks for walking us home he walked home barefoot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In January? Yeah. He was wearing socks or something. I don't know. It was weird. I I honestly like don't have like a super clear memory of like the ending <laughs> the night part. I, I definitely remember him being interested in me just like being like, no, I don't know. Yeah, people don't just walk across town barefoot <laughs> to like get a peck on the cheek and a happy new year at the door. <laughs> I know, I know. Or or like maybe something else happened. But that I was truly, his bad. Like, I, I get see obviously. that's gonna be the story because that's how I remember it, but like I don't know. Maybe something else happened, like maybe I I don't know. I, I do not know. Um, but yeah, but I, I definitely know he did not come over that night and I remember him being like disappointed. So I think that's what happened. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And eventually we were able to like move into an apartment that was actually in subsidized housing. Um, so it's in a great location, like nice new building and our apartment's actually pretty nice and not too discounted. So basically like it, this is actually more of like a common thing to do in Portland right now because it, there's a lot of people, it's like really hard to find housing and it's really hard to find a job at the moment. And I didn't have a job. Morgan was a student. So we like qualified for low-income housing essentially right okay we hit that threshold for being like broke but then at the same time we could we were able to come up with money to pay that rent so it, it was a weird situation yeah but um yeah that's like a like it was like a voucher or something or like a yeah there's different different types of public housing Maybe, yeah, but the, anyways, this, this I think different types. This one was just um, they offer they just checked your income and then like you could apply. They check your income and then if you meet that, then you can yeah live there. So um, anyway, but yeah, and and this was like I don't know. It seemed like a good idea to us at the time, but we quickly realized that like basically we were paying like twelve hundred or like eleven hundred dollars a month for rent, which is like, it's, you know, cheaper than some, probably other areas in downtown Portland, but it's not like nothing. The other people in the building were paying $300 a month for a studio. Damn. So yeah. So it was like, we quickly realized like we had some kind of quirky neighbors. Like there was this girl who was definitely, 
some sort of addict and would walk around like totally barefoot and just like, yeah, it would, it was just like a weird vibe, but then like really yeah. sweet people. Like we had some, um, neighbors who were, um, I think, uh, Cuban and they were super sweet. They like brought me like a plate of food for Christmas and yeah. Yeah. It was just like kind of ran the gamut, but it was just kind of an interesting was vibe. This- did you have to like sign in at this place or am I making that up? Oh, maybe no. you did. Yeah, maybe you did. I feel like I remember this with this spot. Yeah. That that sounds that right. A vibe. That sounds potentially mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe you didn't actually. I don't know if you did. Anyway, whatever, whatever. My I don't memory. know if people are here to here to listen to hear about the apartment as much <laughs> <Specifics>. as <laughs> You know. We would love to go deeper into like different kinds of low-income housing. But. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I guess, yeah. The only reason I bring it up is like the point I'm trying to make is it It seemed like a good idea because we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like whatever. It's fine. We qualify and it's fine and it'll help us kind of get on our feet. It's a good location, whatever. And then we quickly realized like, no, we're living in low-income housing. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's like right. there's some shit going down here. There's also a lot of homeless people in this area. Um, and so it's just an interesting vibe. But um, meanwhile, I'm trying to get a job. Um, and I think that's actually when I meet up with Olivia. So actually right before we moved out of Morgan Signy apartment, you and I, um, we hadn't really hung out much one-on-one before but we knew we were in the same area. So you and I, we meet up and like our hangout is let's drop our resumes <laughs> off downtown. <laughs> I do remember this. Which yeah. is, yeah, is great. It's, is hilarious because I just remember it being like extremely cold that day. And we're like walking around downtown Portland. We're just going to like different businesses, walking in there with a the resume being like, please hire me. Um, pounding that pavement. Mm-hmm. Pounding that pavement, which was completely like fruitless for me. I I know that like most places I dropped that I never got a random call. Um, oh yeah. Remember. And, and then like, yeah, more like, as I mentioned before, like Portland's like, it's flooded with millennials. So like, I honestly feel like there's more competition for getting like a coffee shop or restaurant job than there is getting like a professional job in Portland. Oh dude. Yeah. Of time. And there's like career baristas in Portland is the other thing. Yeah. It's like, there's some really serious, serious coffee agreed. being drunk by serious hipsters. <laughs> totally. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we like we we do that. I remember I remember we went back to our tiny apartment um, and we had our first talk about our exes. And I talked to you about number five. You talked to me about number one. And you tell me the sage advice um, from, I think, your friend in Mexico who was, you know, said something about like, oh, once someone breaks your heart like that, you'll, you'll, she's like, you'll never get your heart broken this badly again or something like that. Mm hmm. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Erica. Yeah. Yeah. What was funny about that is just that, like, just because this is two years or something before. Like my story is like two years ahead of, yeah. of your story, obviously, which I think people like get. But I think I was fresh off that number one breakup at that point. Yeah, yeah, you were about to give him the middle finger. Yeah, yeah. right. I was which getting is, ready, yeah. which is going to be really <laughs> satisfying. But you were already like you already seemed over it at the time. You were play- or maybe you were just playing it cool. Who knows? Might have been playing it cool. This thing is we'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> you were ex- my journal you to were- find out. Very good at playing it cool. I will say that. 
I was like, I was like, damn, this girl's a cool cat. She nothing phases her. It was like oh, my God. impression of you. Oh God, <laughs> that's so funny because literally everything. Uh, um, yeah, That's so nice I'm glad I, I'm glad it, I'm glad I fooled somebody for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, I, I got, yeah, I was fooled. I, yeah, I, I also fooled, felt but. I wasn't fooled in a way because I felt I was like, I felt like, okay, authentic connection. Cool. And then we hung out actually, we actually didn't hang out that much, but we hung out a little bit later and it was great. So we, we started our heart to heart chats. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, so I, speaking of number five, um, I'm not really sure where I'm at with number five at this, at this point in time. He's, he's in the Peace Corps, if you will remember, but he occasionally like reaches out to me, um, often from a payphone in his village, um, in South America. Classic number five. (laughs) Classic number five. And he'll send me emails and then, you know, when he does, I'll send him like these long, like chirpy email updates, like we're be, you know, we're friends, whatever. And then we'll have like a back and forth and then he'll just go completely dark. Um, so I'll get excited thinking our destiny is inevitable. You know, it's only a matter of time. And then, you know, I'll be super confused when he like doesn't respond. And he's also like, just the way he talks to me is extremely like cryptic. He'll be like, like flirty, or I was thinking of you or, you know, something like you sentimental. were in my dreams last night yeah something like that <laughs> and then he'll be like oh good I'm so happy for you and uh, excited to see what's in store for your future or something I don't know like <laughs> like it alternates <laughs> between that. then he just changes to like HR <laughs> like yeah number five from HR <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's super confusing um this is a story for another time but um I will mention here that I do know that he at this time was processing our relationship because I will later meet um somebody who was in the Peace Corps with him when he was living in this village okay and crazy. remembered remembered him talking about me and was oh, like shit. oh the infamous Mariah Oh God! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Suck it, number five. Uh, yeah, another, I was like another well, cool least, cat. It was like at least he has some feelings. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, he's got so many feelings. Such a cool cat. Anyway, okay. So I'm super obsessed with Craigslist at the time. It's kind of the place to I find. I do remember this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the place to find job postings at the time. But my obsession <laughs> d- definitely goes deeper than that. Um, for a final paper for one of my classes. Um, one of my classes on Chaucer, I wrote a mock Canterbury Tales using the tropes of people you find on Craigslist. Um, oh my God, you are such a creative little kitty. <laughs> and when I, I like actually, and I have like another idea that I want to do, I want to create a, an anonymous email address and like infiltrate and like try to set up interviews with like people who were posting on like Craigslist misconnections and stuff. I don't know. Oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> Never got around to it, but I'm definitely intrigued by that medium. So, um, when I decide <laughs> that what I really need to find a job is just some headshots for my writing portfolio. Um, of course I turn to Craigslist and I, you know, I offer somebody who's like maybe a learning photographer to take some photos and like practice on me. Um, a couple people respond, um, one, including one guy who's nice. Um, he's a bit awkward. We walk around downtown Portland and we, you know, we take, we snap a few pics. Um, and then this other guy responds and I, I don't know. He just comes off as sexy in his email. 
You know, it's oh like, boy, he, you're in trouble if it's in the emails. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how an email can be sexy. He just, I could tell he was like a real person. He seemed like he's, he signed it like regards, you know, and like, I don't know. He just seemed. <laughs> that is hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just seemed cool. Um, and I don't remember the specifics, but for some reason I trust him. So he's like, okay you should come to my house. We'll take photos. And I think to first we met at a bar near his house just so we could like get to know each other and like make sure he wasn't a serial killer. Um, right. Go to the bar, meet him. He's an interesting character. Um, yeah, he's, he's just like, he's, he's one of those guys who I, I wouldn't look at him and be like, you're conventionally attractive, but for some reason I was attracted to him. And I think it was just all about like his demeanor and just, you know, he told me that he actually used to be like a child actor and he was like really in, there's so many different like things that he was like really into currently. Like he had all these like passions. He was very creative. You know, he had all these little creative projects mm-hmm. that were going on. And, um, I was just like, cool, you know, again, I'm sheltered, you know, like I grew up in Montana, traveled a bit, but like I've never really lived in a city before. So I'm like, oh, my God, like you just seem so cultured or whatever. Um, Right. And yeah, I just kind of I feel like I connect with him on on sort of a cerebral level, too, if that makes sense. He is an Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Um, oh my God, you are on an Aquarius tear. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I really, really am. And um, yeah, so we go back to his place. We take some photos and, um, you know, I think it goes well. It's fine. Actually, looking back, those photos were not good. Um, I mean, he was just learning. <laughs> he's actually he's actually a photographer now. He has like some well-known like photos and stuff like that. But, um, at the time I think, really? I don't know. I just look at them. I'm like, they're not great headshots. Like they're just very high contrast. Like, you know, it, I'm like, whatever. I also look at them and I'm like, holy shit. Like you look like you are basically in diapers. Like I just look so young. Yeah. That's always a weird one. When you look back at these photos that like someone took of you What I mean, sorry. I just, I just recently saw some photos that number 13 took of me and I was like, but, I'm a child. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? I know. It's uh, like, these are the God. same people who are, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, well, like we'll too see. Too young to be fucking. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Exactly. But we, we were fucking, we were, we, we were fucking we were out there. <laughs> yeah, and anyway. I, yeah. So I remember feeling like kind of attracted to him and I think, yeah, I think, um, I think we make out that night. I think. I think he makes a move that night. So sorry, where were you? Where were you when you were doing all these? So we were at his house in his bedroom. Okay, <laughs> you just went to his house. He had- this is Craig's Craigslist photographer. Well, no, we met first at a bar, but yeah, then I did okay. go to his house. Okay. But um, yeah, because yeah, thirty minutes at a bar. Sorry, no, I'm totally kidding. Obviously, I would honestly, have done the same thing, and there's I have nowhere else done to go. The same thing. Yeah, it's like if you're taking photos, there's nowhere else to go. It's like dark, you know. It's like. Where are we oh, going to take helps. these headshots? He had, he did yeah, have like a full setup. He had like a backdrop and a bunch of shit yeah. set up. And yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't know why something's like more creepy to me than like meeting someone, a stranger at a bar and going home to like with the 
express purpose of fucking. There's like something more creepy about like, come, let me take your photo in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I 100%, 100% agree. I feel like there was just like some, I don't remember if he kissed me. I think there was just some like intense eye contact and like we kind of vibed or whatever. And he like <laughs> sent me a follow-up text. I went home, he sent me a follow-up text that said, um, <laughs> Such a good story. Um, sorry, <laughs> this story just makes me LOL every time. Um, he said, um, it was really nice to meet you. Like, I think you're really cool. I'd really love to hang out again. Um, if you want to hang out sometime in the future, future, I'm free like on Tuesdays. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> specific. I, mean, I was like, that's really <laughs> random. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I remember like mm-hmm. thinking like I'm definitely my MO is like, I, you know, I'm a college student basically. And I'm like, my MO is like, let's get everyone to hang out together. So I remember there being like an event on Friday and like, I mean like I should invite him. And he's like, no, I can't. I'm busy or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Tuesday. Like, you know, like weird. I don't know. And, um, so we hang out again, um, on a Tuesday and he's like, yeah, I would love, he's like, you're just so beautiful. I would love to get some more, (laughs) some more photos of you. And and like, you know, and I I think, I don't know how this got into it. I think I was like interested in maybe having some like risque photos, but I think he also was like interested in taking some more risque photos. So he was like, why don't we try like this time we can, it can be like a little bit more risque, like, you know, sensual, if you will. Um, and I would, (laughs) I bet you would. Um, and yeah, so we go there, we take it. Uh, we're definitely just like more of a vibe. It kind of feels like we're on a date, you know, we're, and we're like comfortable with each other. Like we, we vibe and we make out and then we fuck. And then I think it's like post photo shoot. (laughs) Like it's like, it's like we really let it heat up. (laughs) Yeah. That's nice. That is, that's sexy. It sounds so redonkulous. As I do, you have these. Do you have these photos? Please tell me you have the photos of like the pre-coital photos. I think I do, and it would be hilarious to post them on Instagram. Oh my god! Please, I beg of you, people, write in and demand that Mariah post the pre-coital photos from the Craigslist photographer. I think I can. Yeah, I think I can find them on there. I hope. I think I, I, I really pray that I can or reach out to him. Maybe he has them. He probably would. We actually, yeah, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, okay. So yeah. So we hook up whatever, um, after we hook up. Okay. Details a little fuzzy. I forget if it's like that night or if he texts me the next day, I think it's that night. Um, he tells me that he is in an open relationship Okay. Thanks for the heads up. He has a girlfriend. Um, after we fuck though. It's definitely Great after to we know. Fuck. It's either right after we fuck or over text. Oh yeah, that that was sarcastic. No, oh, oh no. yeah, no. It's it was it was kind of fucked. And I was like, okay. Um, all right. Lot to swallow there. Oh, I think part of it is it's like during the day, this time that we meet up, and I'm like, Oh, do you want to hang out after? He's like, Actually, I have a girlfriend. Um, and yeah, Tuesdays are like our day that we can go hook like date other people basically um and we're polyamorous and I was like okay a lot to swallow there um just the specificity of the weekday is just yeah 
I know. I know. And so I'm like, okay. Like, and also just the worst day of the week. (laughs) Yeah. Literally the worst day of the week. And I'm like, okay. Like I definitely remember feeling a bit like indignant about that. (laughs) Like I was like, I don't know. I just, I really just didn't like that. He didn't tell me before. It seems, it seemed a little fucked up to like have sex with me and then tell me that it's like, can't you just tell me like before the second time we hang out? Yeah. Be upfront. Definitely could have. Yeah. Be upfront. Um, and then, so I, but I kind of think about it and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I I'll go on another date with you. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking I'm necessarily like into it, but I'm like, Oh, like I like him. He's cool. Whatever. I'll, I'll give her a, give it a whirl. And, um, he, he proceeds to get super romantic and like, he like writes me love poems and, um, like that I read at work at my new job. And, um, he, like for, between that Tuesday and the next Tuesday, like the poems start coming in. I don't know the timeline. I think it's really quick. Yeah. I think it's that it's like over that week, like while we're apart, you know, um, he'll write me love <laughs> poems and it's like, Jesus. okay, I have something really fun planned for like our next Tuesday. And he like takes me to like a theater performance and he shows up with a rose. Um, and, it's just very like, I don't know. It's very like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm like, it feels like he's, he's giving me all these like love overtures, like signals. Like I love you. I'm a, tra- I'm, I'm super into you. Like I'm, you know, a love poem, a poem of him thinking about me and you know, all that shit. That's wild. Yeah. After you've saying, hooked like, up once. Yeah. That is wild. Exactly. But then also like, a Tuesday, like it's like, and also the yes, it seems exactly counterintuitive, you know, um, you know, nothing against polyamory at all. I think it was just like I think his approach was just a little weird to me, um, and so I think I ultimately, yeah. I think after that night, I'm like, no, I want to just be friends, and we do, we stay friends, um, yeah, we hang out, um, we hang out with like my future boyfriend not a spo- spoiler alert but um we we all hang out together and mm-hmm. I keep in contact with him and he eventually breaks up with his girlfriend and um gets a new girlfriend who I think he's not polyamorous with so I feel like that was just like a period of his life I don't know it was kind of he interesting was figuring, figuring it out yeah yeah I always thought that we like had like a, a kind of a creative connection going on or whatever and we kind of maintained that but then I don't know. I also just kind of, he yeah, I, whatever. We just kind of like drifted apart and haven't really stayed in contact, but yeah, but I wish him the best. And one hilarious (laughs) little coda to that was I told you guys, I was like talking a bit to number five, really confused about what that whole vibe was. Um, But I remember like, I think we talked on the phone and I remember telling him like, cause I think my, my mindset was, okay, you're giving me signals that like we're friends, right? You're saying things like, oh, I can't wait to see what the future is in store for you or whatever the fuck you said. Number five, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, oh, okay, we're friends. Cause like my whole confusion is like, are we like true loves or are we friends? So I'm going with, cool, we're friends. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just like loving like being in Portland and it's starting my new life and it's amazing. And like, I met this like photographer and I had sex with him and like, and number five, like gets mad. <laughs> He's like, he's like, why did you have to like, tell me that? Like, I don't want to think about that or whatever. And then he just like ghosts me for a while. 
okay, but Mariah, like you really can't like, you're like, are we friends or are we soulmates? But isn't there like a point, an intermediary point where you're like ex-lovers that don't really want to hear about the other person's sex capades? That's a category of relationship. I think that's legitimate. At that time, I don't get that. <laughs> I, I, me currently get <laughs> yeah. that. I don't get that yeah. at the time because I'm just okay, like, yeah, okay, yeah. you've been gone for many years. Like we're, we've been broken up for multiple years at this point. I feel like you're telling me. But he you wants wanna, to stay in touch. Yeah. You're yeah. telling me you want to be friends and stay in touch. So like, that's what's going on in my life is like, I'm exploring my sexuality, you know? And it felt it, I do. I, I think, I mean. I have a podcast about everyone I fucked. So I, I, I think sometimes I even still, it's like, if you're going to be close to me, I'm probably going to talk to you about it to some extent. Yeah. 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 I Especially mean, at that enough, age. I guess for sure. I think I might be more like number five. I just remember number one and I would never talk about anything and we would have these, you know, catch-ups like yearly catch-ups or quarterly catch-ups even at some time, at some points when we were a bit younger. And I remember like everyone would always ask like, oh, is he seeing anyone? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. We didn't just discuss that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, why not? I don't know. I think I'm just, I think I'm, I'm a little clam. I clam up. I get it. I mean, and I, I fully respect that. And I, I understand how it was like probably a lot for number five and he was probably processing it. What was confusing to me, I think he was, he would tell me occasionally when he was like dating somebody, but I don't remember like what came first, you know, I think the real issue was number five is still just like really hurt by, you know, me liking number nine or number 10. I mean, me like loving number 10 our like Guatemala trip and just in general, like had some fresh scars and his teacher. I have a witness who has told me that during this time he was processing some shit about me and was like still in love with me basically that he was like, yeah, yeah. That I was like, yeah. But to me, he was just giving me all these mixed signals. So I was like, what do you fucking want? Like the issue with number five to me has just always been, it's like, can you just communicate, please? Like, just communicate. Fair enough. Be like, Fair hey, enough. I still have some feelings that I'm processing. I'd prefer if we don't talk about that. I don't want to get back together. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to Taylor hear number five actually tell me that. We're never getting back together. Yeah. I, I, I forced, I, last time I saw him, I was like, tell me we will never be together again. And he would not tell me. Oh my God. Like release me from your fucking spell, please. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to say that. Why would he? Why is he? What does, what, how would that benefit him? Why is he reaching out to me periodically and checking in with me? If he, I don't know. What does he want? What does he want, Olivia? Why is he reaching out to me? He just wants to see, he wants your attention. He wants my attention. That's exactly what it is because he doesn't want to know what's going on in my life. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. He's like, he's like the most intense breadcrumber of all the breadcrumbers. Yeah. No, 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 sorry. It's not, I'm, I'm mixing up my like stupid millennial dating terms. It's not breadcrumbing. It's paper clipping. You know about paper clipping. Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. I do, I do indeed. He's, yeah, he's clipping, clipping hard. I do. I, yeah, I had a, I had a dream about him last night, actually. Anyway. Oh, 
hence he's yeah i feel like i feel like there's a lot of energy here a lot of like number five energy that we haven't seen in a minute it was always always nice to see a little bit of that it was a weird dream it was in the dream dream? in the dream like i he was uh he was he came back or something to where i was and he was like hanging out with us and my current boyfriend was there too Uh and i started to have feelings for number five again in the dream wild even though i like love like you know my current boyfriend's like it, you know, he's amazing and I love him so much. And like, I, oh, yeah, I feel like dream. it was almost like the anxiety of like, I can't, I don't know. I don't know. It was just like, it was, it was like an anxiety dream of like being in number five yeah. spell, you know? Right. What yeah. if, yeah. What if this comes, this comes back and haunts me again or something like that? But yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I probably will never see him again. So but he he still is like a sure. character. He's a character in my psyche who like exists and he comes back to me in dreams all the time. And mm-hmm, even though I feel mm-hmm. like our like living relationship is like I'll probably never see him ever again. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about number 13 about whom I recently had a nightmare also with my current boyfriend where he found out but I was with number 13 and I was cheating on him with my current boyfriend. And then he found out and tried to kill us. And then we were like on the run. And it was like a super terrible, one of the worst nightmares I've had like in years. And he was just after us. And we were, you know, hiding in this house. And he was there at the window, like, bum, bum, like thriller style, you know, like um, suspense thriller movie style nightmare. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, we're scarred for life. We're fucked. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that's it all right that's guys it, well, but uh thank you for listening yeah. to this saga um next week uh we're gonna have olivia's number um or 15 we're gonna hear oh, about yeah. olivia's number 15 it's a doozy buckle buckle your seat belts bring your xanax whatever oh, whatever you need uh, to get through yeah. your security blanket um <laughs> yeah it's a, your emotional support animal yeah <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Baby, if you want me, come and get me. I swear I'll make it easy. On my eyes is what you are, and I don't care. Who knows it? Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by No Fancy. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. We are on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. <laughs>